All right, we're live. Hey, everyone. It's been a little bit of a break. Um, I've been Jai Loin. Uzezi has been out of action. I'm Boys I've Been Boys. Uh, but we're finally back for a new episode of Finance and Vibes. We have a guest today. Do you want to, talk, to introduce yourself, Kelsey? Hi. <laughs> I'm Kelsey. Okay. Nice meet everyone. Hey. Any, any, any plug, anything you want to plug in? Oh, oh okay. Ozezi, I want to plug in a, a business. Can I? You oh, yeah, go ahead. Talk, plug it, plug it what you want to plug in. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so me and my friend, Ozezi, she's also on this call. We're starting a little career consulting thing for people in STEM. So stay tuned. It's launching very soon, hopefully this summer. So just keep an eye out. Yeah, we will look out for that. All right, so y'all already know us. I'm David. OC, or you can actually now I've transitioned from OC to CC, crypto connoisseur. Times are hard, man. Ife, go ahead. Introduce yourself. Um, you know me. My name is Ife. You know what I'm about. You know, investing 101. That's pretty okay. much it. Joe, what's good? Joe, what's good? Yeah. Um, you know me, guys. Joseph. Uh, we've been off for three weeks because these guys are out here, you know, partying. <laughs> Stuff, but we're back now. Gang gang. <laughs> Zazy. Uh my name's Zazy and yeah, me. <laughs> all right. So all right. Well, anyways, so the, the topic of today, so let's talk about the topic of today. To this, I think this one is something that we've been wanting to talk about for a while. Um, and we wanted to save it for this episode. So the topic for today is should you save or invest aggressively in your 20s? Or should you live life, Jailo, especially as a high-earning millennial and worry about that later? And I, I, I put that quote, high-earning millennial, because obviously when you're not high-earning, the, there's not really an option. You have to grind. You have to – there might not even be funds available to even enjoy. But if you like, you know, follow – again, you know, we always put the disclaimer. We recognize this is not the typical millennial, a typical situation for most people coming out of college. But – we, we can't say that, you know, there are those, especially if you're that individual that happens to be graduating college, making six figures or close to it, straight out of college, whether you're in a STEM field, you know, software engineering, chemical engineering, whatever it is. For you, you know, you've, you're pretty much beat the mark. You're ahead of the pack for sure. Um, should you really, after working so hard, grinding so hard, four years in college, or maybe you went to do your master's immediately, five, six years, should you still be worrying about like investing, like trying to plan out your your 20s and your 30s or she just say you know screw it let's just let's live a little so with that i'm going to open the floor with i'm actually curious to see what our guest kosi has to say go ahead why can't it be both like yeah like, okay fair enough why, why do i have to pick one mm -hmm. actually i'm with like, you on that yeah i feel like you can still enjoy life like have a good amount of fun and still be financially responsible so I, I don't think I don't think you have to choose. I think you can do both. I think so my, so my follow up question to that then is because I agree with you. I, I like that because I'm I'm certainly the big on I'm certainly big on enjoy your life and also be responsible. But then okay, so for you that is big on doing both, what are some steps that you actively take or you feel someone should actively take? to balance both because everything's a balance. There's some people who try starting off to do both, but obviously either end up being super into saving and planning or being too much into 
the spending and, you know, enjoying life. So how do you, what, what do you think is are some good steps to take to like balance, effectively balance both? I think it's knowing just, okay, the first step is just to, to realize or come to terms with where you are in life. Mm-hmm. For example, there are people who are still in college who have the ability to travel and save at the same time. Mm-hmm. Versus the people who are in college and they, they cannot do, they can't do this. And you're yeah. out of college and who also have the ability to stay and enjoy life. And the people who, ah, if I go on this trip, I won't be able to save this amount of money. You understand what I'm trying to say? So yeah. I, think, I think the first step is just recognizing where you are in life and understanding that, okay, I see all these people doing all these things, but I would like to join, but I can't because of my situation. So mm-hmm. recognizing and coming to terms with, where you are in life is very important because not everyone is in the same place. Like you said, right. it's, it's not, it's out of the ordinary to come out of school and be making six figures, making that high. So majority mm-hmm. of people are not making that high. So recognizing once you do that, once you recognize where you are in life, then you can budget yourself, you know? So right, budgeting. We have, yeah, we have 12 months in a year. You don't have to go on every trip everybody's planning. Yeah. <laughs> You don't have to be everywhere. You can't say no. And I think that's a big problem. We don't know how yeah. to say no. Yeah, no, yeah. No, We're going to get to that. We're going to get to that. We're going to get to that in the subtopic. I have a question. Guys, I have a question. So yeah, go ahead. How do you establish a balance between um, I like nice things versus I'm balling on a budget because um, I know it's a responsible thing to do? but I still like nice things. So how do you... Yeah, it's very, it's, very, it's very easy, in fact. Like, if you really look at it, okay, let's just use the numbers game. Let's say you're making 100K. Mm-hmm. After tax, it's 75K, right? That you can ball efficiently, save money, ball efficiently, and take care of all your necessities with 75K as a millennial, yeah. right? As a single, single millennial with no kids. (laughs) You got to use that. As a single millennial with no kids, yeah. Yeah, I I understand that everybody wants to wear Gucci and Fendi and Montclair. You don't have to buy Gucci every single week. That's why you have to have a timeline. If you want to buy something, prepare for it. Have a savings fund. Have an entertainment fund. Have Mm an investment fund. It's like... Yeah, go 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 ahead, Cozy. And, and I think that 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 falls into place with recognizing where you are. There are some people yeah. who can buy Gucci every week, and that's fine. Yeah, but people, you know, some of us we cannot buy Gucci every week. What'd so. you say, Ife? David can buy Gucci every day. Nah, stop that, nigga. I ain't got that money. <laughs> oh, I don't know about it. But no, but but that's fine. That's fine. Good, good, good for you. But you know, recognizing yeah. I can only afford one. One, you know, Gucci. I can only afford one like, Gucci brand or whatever. Right. So, I can only afford one designer item a month or something. Right. So, for me, you know, to answer your question, Zizi, I think um, the answer is in making sure you have a plan. So, for me, before I start every year, what? So, for personally, how I balance having fun, enjoy nice things, and then also planning and investing and so on. So before I start each year, I, already have, I have three goals in mind. I have like what my monthly savings goal is, what my yearly savings goal is, um, and also what my net worth goal is. And I always have to try to look at all three because all three will give me like a broader perspective on where I'm at relative to my financial goals. And I believe that, you know, okay, we obviously we talked about the savings. We talked about the 45, 25, 
um, 45, 25, and uh, 30 rule, right? So we talked about how that could impact um, your budgeting. And we talked about how like, you know, 45, of course, for needs, 30% for savings, and 25% for wants. And I always try to tell people that like, you know, your, your giant loss spend should fall in, the, in, in that 25%. And if you, there's a month where you're doing really, really well with your savings, your needs, maybe there's flex budget there. That's how you can then accommodate, like maybe getting a nice things, going on a trip, and so on and so forth. So I feel like everything just goes with like proper and sufficient planning and making sure there's that balance. And I agree a thousand percent that you shouldn't have to pick one, but the reality is a lot of people don't have that discipline and end up leaning more on the wayside of one versus the other. So I'm glad we're all aligned though, that you know, there is, there is definitely a benefit to planning in your twenties because a lot of people don't see that benefit. They're like, why? Like I can worry about that later. No, there's definitely... A benefit to that and it's definitely a benefit of also just enjoying life and just having fun yeah, I, have, I have like uh i wouldn't say it's not exactly the same so i'm 23 right so i have my situation might be different to other people's situation right so yes i have a job and i have a full-time job coming about so i know that by the time i'm 25 Let's say I, I, I plan my retirement at 65, right? 25 to 65, that's 40 years. I can do whatever I want until I'm 25. Yeah. But I want to get in mind that I want to get rid of all of my consumer debt as well. Mm-hmm. So, like, from now to 25, I can go on trips. I can do all of this. That might mm-hmm. be, like, a, um, not the most ideal plan. I mean, like, I save and invest, too. Everybody knows that. But, like, I know that for these two years, before I get fully into my full-time grind, mm-hmm. I should take care of the things I know I want to do irresponsibly before it's time for me to move into full-time responsibility. All right. Um, can I yeah, go what you guys said. Yeah, go ahead, Joe. I haven't heard from you yet. Is, um, I'm, I agree with you guys on basically you could do both because no matter how high we're earning in STEM, right, athletes are still earning higher than us. You know what I'm saying? And those guys go broken. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? So you could do both. But at the same time, like I've said on this podcast a lot of times, you got to know yourself. I know myself. I'm not the greatest person where I'm not the greatest person with like making financial models and stuff like that. So I believe in outsourcing, partnering with people. That's like if if it's good with numbers, good with models and stuff like that. I could easily ask if you know what I'm saying? So know, know the people you're around. Don't just like go out there and you just mm-hmm. ball out. Whatever is coming in, you spend it. Whatever is coming in, you spend it. So don't don't be like Paul. Um, what's that guy, Paul Blue Therapy? No, there's something he said that really struck me because he said that he overspends beyond his means to impress his clientele. And that's a very dangerous place to be. When you're spending beyond your means, to impress friends. And you know what? Let's wait on that because that's going to that's gonna transition to our subtopic. So I'm going to wait on that. I'm going to wait on that. That The peer pressure thing, that's going to transition to our subtopic. But Zizi, I think it's, we're time, it's time. So we're going to talk about like shameless plugs. Does anyone have any shame, shameless plug real quick? Kosi has talked about hers. Zizi, do you have any? Well, same thing as Kosi. So. Stay tuned for our career consulting company. It's coming soon. That, okay. that, looking forward to that, Joe. Go yeah, ahead. Me and Ifred, we're still, um, we're still building. You know what we're saying. We'll, we'll let you guys know when we're when we're live. You know what I'm saying. But still, follow us on Twitter. Um, uh, for all the all the crypto red days and crying and shouting at Elon Musk and shit. So, all that. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna hear a lot of that on my on Twitter. 
I, yeah. I talk too much on Twitter, man. But I mean, y'all know the vibes with me. Uh, easy finances. Um, any, if you're in Charlotte or Atlanta and need any realistic, um, Airbnbs hit me up. Um, Airbnb in Atlanta launching soon. If you need uh, Airbnbs in Lagos, high luxury Airbnbs for like Echo Atlantic, Banana Island, and everything, hit me up yes, too. Sir. Got you. So, so yeah, that's that's it. That's it. Y'all know the vibes. Y'all know the vibes. And if you need consultations with finances, crypto, investing, oh, hit me up. Plug my fitness feed. Yeah, go oh, ahead. Go ahead. I'm really into fitness. I'm getting back in. So stay tuned for my fitness page. Fit with K. Skills, let me know. I'll be getting my um personal training certification soon. So I'll be available for training. Uh, say less. <laughs> do do trade do train guys too? Is it just guys? Is it just girls? I trade all. Let's say less. Say less. If I if I if I try to hit it up, I should do a remote. If I, <laughs> uh, anyway, moving on. I'm dead. Anyway, so moving on. So back to so this takes us to our subtopic that we're talking about. So we talked about like should you invest or should you so. It seems like we're all aligned. I should do both, but there definitely needs to be balance. So how do you deal with, because peer pressure is a thing. As much as we say, you don't have to go on this trip. You don't have to do this. It's definitely a thing. So how do you deal with peer pressure from friends to go on trips? And let's flip it too, because we always will talk about peer pressure to trips. But lately, by the dip, by the dip, by the dip, right? So how do you... The dip is different. So how do you do with peer pressure from friends to invest? As investing is getting more and more popular, how do you do with peer pressure from both? I'm curious if y'all start. Okay, I'm gonna start with the the first one to the peer pressure to invest one. Honestly, no should be the most important word in your dictionary. If you are not so investing is when you have disposable income. You understand? You can't use the money you plan to pay your rent for next month to go and invest. So if you know, okay, I right now I don't have disposable income. I have debts to pay. I have things I need to do. No, I'm not. I'm not in the place. Is no, I'm not in the place to financially invest right now. You know. But then there's another side of things where you really don't need a lot of money to invest. You can. Although in most scenarios it's better to. Pay Put in a lot more money if you have a hundred dollars you can start small and start learning how to invest so that's another answer you can give them if you don't really want to say no you can say yes but you know putting an amount of money you know you're capable of doing that makes sense so not because everybody's storing grants three thousand four thousand five k ten k into investing and you know you don't have that kind of money but if you have a hundred dollars that you're able to, you, you're not worried about losing, then go ahead, start start small, start somewhere, you have to start somewhere. Or you can just say no. You know, right. and for me, no is just the favorite word in my dictionary. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but you know, to be fair, not everyone has that like self-will to like just say no. But but I will say, let, let's, let me talk about the peer pressure to invest in one. If your friends are peer pressuring you to invest, the first thing you need to do is tell them to shut up and then join my Patreon. And, uh, <laughs> just to it, we'll plug it in the, the link in the description below. Join my Patreon. You can join for $5, $10, $20 a month here. And um, yeah, so with invest, okay, so seriously though, with investing, this is how I always approach investing. There are definitely two things you need to ask yourself before you invest in. What is your goal with investing? Are you trying to build a long-term portfolio? Are you trying to trade short-term? 
Now, whether you're building a long-term portfolio or trading short-term, there are two approaches to it, right? With your short-term, then you have to be, be honest with yourself in how good you are with like trading. Like, is this something you've done over time? And if it's not something you've done over time, I always recommend start with a paper trading account. A paper trading account is fake money. Now, granted, it doesn't simulate the real, the real emotions that comes with trading your real money. It's very different. I'll be first to admit that. But it's a good way to develop and backtest like different trading strategies and build on you know, your, your trading strategies. But long-term, then the question is, okay, with long-term investing, great. I'm big on starting with a long-term investing portfolio before a short-term anyways. So long-term, the question you want to ask yourself is, do I have my emergency savings intact? We've talked about emergency savings already in past episodes. If the answer is yes, then you can move on. With emergency savings intact, do I have a firm budget? Do I know how much I need to put towards my savings and everything? We talked about a budgeting plan before as well in past episodes. Then if your emergency savings intact, you have a firm budget. The third thing is obvious is the money that would have gone towards savings for your emergency savings. You can then use that to dollar cost average into investing. So for me, that's the most ideal way to handle peer pressure investing. First, understanding your situation and self-awareness, like Kosi has talked about before. Then, then once you have those balances, then you can start dollar cost averaging to investing. Start with dollar cost averaging investing. Get comfortable with long-term investments. There's this ginger that comes with seeing your investments grow. Then when you want to learn more about like trading and short-term investing, then go with that. It's, I'd never recommend the other way, starting with short-term, then going long-term. It usually ends in tears. Always start with long-term and then go short-term. And your long-term portfolio should always be larger than your short-term portfolio. And your short-term portfolio should be done with the goal to fund your long-term. Again, I talk about all this on the Patreon. So in really, if you're trying to learn more about investing, I'm, all I'm saying is sign up to my Patreon. As far as peer pressure for travels and trips, I'm big on, if you have a budgeting and you're proactive about it, it's very easy to see if you can afford it. So you look at your budget. I, I And that's the funny thing. People think, oh, the, like... If I use a budget, that means I'm doing something wrong in life. No, I mean, I, I, I think I'm doing pretty well for, you know, my age and my life. Yeah, I still, I still, no, 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 chill out, chill out. But I, I still use a budget. I, pre, I, I always use a budget to determine if I can take on certain expenses, and that includes trips. So, like, I look at my budget, and I'm like, okay, this is where I'm at with my network goals. This is where I'm at with my budget. Okay, if it's something that – and I love p- trips that are planned ahead because that gives me time to organize my finances to – afford it. If it's a very short-term last minute trip, I will still look at my budget, but if it's chances are, it's probably not within, it wasn't planned for. And so chances are, I will skip on it. So when you're very, you grow that discipline to follow your budget and be proactive about it, it's easier to ask yourself objectively, is this something I can afford this month? And then if the answer is yes or no, it's pretty clear. Again, we talked about budgeting and everything in past episodes. So that's my take on it. realizing we're all in different stages of life. So if you can't just blatantly can afford to go on a trip, you, but, shouldn't, um, you shouldn't go just because everyone is going. Because that's yeah, what yeah. people like to go because everyone is going. Yeah. Own- a lot of people, that's how... Um, that's how a lot of us are. Millennials, it's, it's a thing. Yeah. Well, how I'm do you think go anywhere. Like- I stay at home. <laughs> Hold on. Ozezi, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, how do you deal with because especially the more money money you make, right? The more likely you are to get approved for higher credits, uh, spending limits. So uh, I guess it kind of comes down to self control at the yeah. end of the day. Absolutely. How do you deal with the fact that okay, 
I have this limits, I can spend it. But then, because some people struggle with that too, as well. So, so basically, credit. You talk about credit cards. I'm curious. Okay, Joe, what do you think? I have a, I have a very strong opinion about this. But Joe, what do you think? So like, I'll just bundle everything together: credit cards, investing, everything. You know, we all know our circle of competence. You get what I'm saying? I know my strong suit is web development i've put in my hours and website develop you know what i'm trying to say you know where you're strong you're good in research it fares good in this thing you know where your money is coming in from because everybody's investing right now right yeah. that game is a zero-sum game like there are people that are like sharks in the market there are people that have put in their ten thousand hours you can't just jump in there and say mm-hmm. i'm gonna go play with them with because everybody's doing it right now i'm put my hundred dollars you're gonna lose you get what i'm saying mm-hmm. there are people that are gonna lose in this crypto thing there are people that are going to lose in the stock market. So I'm going to go back to like, if you have that much enough money, hire a financial advisor, outsource these things. If when it comes to credit cards and if you can't afford it, you get what I'm trying to say. Other than that, just stay away from it. Don't, you don't have to do it yet. You yeah, know, to me. I always tell myself, if I, if I know I can't pay, yeah. credit card, then there's no, there's no reason for me to spend it. Because yeah, it's not my yeah. money. Technically, it's not really, I'm spending invisible money i'm still going to have to pay it back yeah something you should ask yourself all right i want to use this credit card and go on the street can you pay back that credit card Mm -hmm. if the answer is yes i can without hurting my budget or financial plan then then maybe you shouldn't use that credit card to fund that trip yeah and i didn't realize how like bad like this credit card debt issues with people oh, until i started consulting right and so for me my, my my rules are simple i have two simple rules when it comes to credit card so the first thing is i'd never so i never generally speaking i never spend money that is not in my checking with a credit card so basically if so i have credit cards so my amex credit card is approved for 20 plus thousand but still even though I, my limit is that high if it's not in my checking I'm not spending it. That means like, it's not money. I Just like Kosio said, that means it's not money that I have readily. Right now. But that said, that said, the, the only time I break that rule. So the only time I will ever use my credit card to spend something that exceeds what's currently my check-in. So not save, if it's not in my savings period, I'm not spending. And typically I always tell people, if you have a credit card limit that exceeds your savings and check-ins, that's like a very dangerous place to be because that means you have access to money that you don't have period. Right. So if you have a credit card limit, I see the checking and savings, be very careful with that. You have to be extra careful. But so, but the only time I ever spend money that exceeds my checking is only on one condition. And I've talked about this before. I don't know if you guys remember. It's called cash flowing debt. I ask myself, okay, with this credit card expense, which is a debt I'm taking on, is this something I can cash flow? Meaning, is this something that will make me money? Right. So for instance, for an example, where I might do that, if I'm buying a rental property and I don't necessarily want to spend all my um, debit card. I don't know why Joe and if I'm laughing right now, but I don't want to spread out. What's funny? Uh, just keep going, my man. Let's keep talking. Bro. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I don't want to rent our property. We want to let's use some right. that is more reachable to. Right. So, yeah, I'm trying to say, not everybody's good to get rental property anytime. <laughs> So anyway, oh, I just saw what's going on. Anyways, so if, it, if, it's, if it's not money that I basically, if it's not an expense that I can't, that I can't, if it's an expense that I cannot cash flow, then I'm not doing it. But if it's one that I can, and it's going to cover the interest payment on the debt and it covers the debt itself, then yeah, absolutely. It's not something I mind taking on, but I'm very careful with that. And if you don't have that discipline, 
just avoid credit cards entirely. That's my so recommendation on that. Pretty much you're saying like, use your credit card if it's something that, so when in cases where you don't have money, use your credit card only when it's something that will bring back more money. It will that'll make you money, correct? Basically, yeah. yeah. Correct. I would also say for like emergencies too, I would uh, say it make if you if you if you if you if you you don't have a, if you have an emergency and you don't have maybe not maybe not maybe not it depends on what kind of emergency it is like if it's something that you need right now but you don't have access to your own money then you can use the credit card and then pay it off which means you still you're still able to pay it off emergency pass emergency you normal Americans right they may have something they need to buy, but they don't get paid till Friday, right? So oh, yeah. their credit card, they pay for it. And on Friday, when their paycheck comes, they buy pay it. for it. Right, right. No, I mean, yeah, I'm I'm me personally, I use, I use my credit card to pay my bills and then just pay back. So yeah, yeah, yeah no, that's, that's fair. That's what I mean. That kind of thing. Yeah, they're yeah. different. All right, so apparently, let's. Uh, my bad. But apparently, if you don't use a credit card, sometimes the institution can close it after like three months. So, so yeah. keep that in mind. Well, you can use, just use it for groceries. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. If, 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 you don't have, if you don't make any purchase for an extended period of time, yeah, sometimes they do close it because they see it as. So they're, they're, for example, yeah. gas or something. Yeah. All right, so vibe check crypto or stocks as a millennial? Ooh, I like this one. So as a millennial, well, not, let's not say millennial, Gen Z, really Gen Z millennial, right? So if you're, if you're, if you're, if you're 25 or younger, right. As, as crypto or stocks. Well, crypto, man. I might have to say crypto too. I know you guys said you knew, but yeah, I might have to say crypto. Stock has shown me. Stock has shown me that you have no control over your money. You know, let, let me let me let me preface that. Let, let me say this very carefully. Let me say this. Stock crypto is high risk, high reward. If you if you're not technically inclined, so let me say this very carefully. The crypto market now is very reminiscent, and I've, I've spoken to my patrons about this severally. It's very similar to the dot-com bubble in the early 2000s, meaning that there is a lot of Fugazi projects, there's a lot of scammy coins, shit coins, and mm -hmm. trash coins, right? So if you're someone who doesn't know what you're doing or looking for, you could easily lose a lot of money. So I'm gonna say that very, because, in the, because the thing is this, and the reason why I say it is like the dot-com bubble, because a very similar question we're answering now is like if someone had asked, so, like uh, early millennial or Gen X um, stocks versus real estate, for instance, back in early 2000s. Now in the dot-com bubble, Apple was there, Oracle was there, um, Google was there. Those, these are all stocks where if you invested in early 2000, with just like maybe five, $10,000, you'd have been multimillionaire now. So those would have obviously been a more worthwhile investments than real estate back then. But again, I'm saying all this to say, if you're going to be in the crypto space, read the white papers, know what you're investing in, know why oh, yeah. you're investing in it. Not, not just hold. No, 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 no. That's why I said that. And that, that's exactly why I'm saying what I'm saying, because I'm like, if you're going to choose crypto, understand that there's work to be done and do the work yeah. or sign up for my Patreon. I can show you my bag holders. 
I'm not advised you to do that part because. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow, Petra, I show you my bag holders. All right, Uzzi, what you thinking? I think, David. So I'm thinking. Um, we're just talking about peer pressure to invest. So what's yeah. the difference between finding someone who is an expert? Because there's so many crypto experts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So find someone who's an expert, and having your friend who's supposedly so good at um, crypto or investing yeah. in general and having them show you as well the ropes. So I, and that's the thing. So first of all, I'm very skeptical about people who self-proclaim themselves as experts. I will never, I will never claim to be an expert in anything because it's like every market cycle and every day I'm learning something new. Um, I, what I would rather tell people is I'm journaling stuff and you can see my journals and can see my playbook. Right. And then if it's making me money, then I believe, okay, maybe this is something worth showing people now regarding the question about, um, regarding the question about like, um, fine, I'm going to, I'm going to ask you a question, how I understood it. There's nothing wrong with following people. And it's something I emphasize on my Patreon too, which is why it's really good. I don't believe in do this because I said so, rather, this is what I'm doing and this is why I'm doing it. These are the resources that helped me make the conclusion I made. Do your due diligence and see if you came to the same conclusion. So everyone that's on my Patreon knows I'm big on that. I will post my resources. I'll post up sort of like my proof of work in terms of why I believe what I believe. And I, in fact, I'm even too over, I over explain stuff because I try to be like more information is better than less. But I always push people and encourage people do your due diligence because at the end of the day, while I know some people are buying things because I said so, and I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of that, right? But I'm always big on, I want you to do your due diligence because the only time you can have that conviction is when you have that due diligence yourself. Perfect example, during this dip, few people, the only people that are huddling and holding and like convicted are the ones that who understand what they're holding and understand what they bought. That's my two cents. So there's nothing wrong with seeking out experts and seeking out people to show you the ropes, but just be ready to do your own due diligence. Ife, what's up? Oh, yeah. So same thing that David's saying, man. Me, I am not a crypto expert. I prefer, I know more about stock than crypto. But like, I have friends like David, for instance, David, I'm on David's Patreon. He goes over the ropes about why you should invest in this, why you should invest in this. And if you just take the extra step forward, look at the charts, look at what they're doing, follow people that have information about them. Like I follow Chainlink God. I follow a whole bunch. I shouldn't have given that bag holder out. You got it. It's okay. Gotta it's okay. If, 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 if you follow <laughs> my Twitter, nah, if you follow my Twitter, you know I'm big on that. So go ahead. So I follow a whole bunch of people that just give us, you know, information. So every like my Twitter is just basically information on different cryptos. And I'm just getting information every day, every day, every day. So I'm building a knowledge base. So eventually I'll be able to make my own um educated decisions. Like I also decided to pick up another crypto like down the line because I see that they're high in the DeFi zone, right? So things yeah. like this help you build up your knowledge base and it moves from peer pressure to educated knowledge. Yeah. Kosi, what are you thinking? Crypto or stocks? I'm, oh, shoot. I don't know, man. That's I, okay. I, I truly do not. If I if I say an answer now, it's only because everybody's saying crypto. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. And that's okay. I, I appreciate your honesty. Yeah. I, I honestly, I don't have. A no, and that's and I respect that. That's totally fine, Joe. That's what you thinking? I, I was just listening. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Joe, Joe, 
<laughs> Joe, what you thinking? Crypto or stocks? Right now, um, stocks, because like it's just because of risk, risk management, right? Like mm-hmm, you said, crypto mm-hmm. is risk reward. I'll rather like take the risk with stocks than that crypto. risk with crypto right now is really my my heart can't take it. You feel yeah. me? And, oh, yeah, and that's what I'm at. I'll end this. Oh, Uzezi, did you make a comment before I end it? Oh, no, I was saying, I was going to say, um, I'm not really, I just started investing. Not so you're not sure. That's, that's, yeah. that's kind of yeah. where I'm at. Where I'm at. Let, 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 let me just end this vibe check by saying, I am a thousand percent sure that more people will lose money in crypto than in stocks. Why I pick Why I pick crypto is because I know, I know what I'm doing. And I'm confident in what I'm doing. And so I know, I know I'm not going to lose money. And so that's why I, I said crypto. But if you are honest enough for yourself to say you don't know what you're doing, I recommend you just stick with stocks. So with that, um, closing, we're closing off. So what are your three major tips from our conversations today? We start with Kosi, and then we'll just go to Ife, myself, Uzezi, and then end up with Joe. Kosi, what are your three major tips from our convo today? So one thing, my three, I guess my three major tips are basically from everything we've discussed in this convo, what I got was the first thing is planning, highly important, planning yourself, planning your finances, planning, self-awareness, knowing where you are versus stop, you're not competing with anybody, honestly knowing where you are, knowing your ability, where your strength is, what your weakness is, and not being afraid to ask questions, to seek people who know more than you. You understand? So I would say planning, self-awareness, and reaching out, joining, like, for example, join David's patron. (laughs) (laughs) You don't know what you're doing. You know, it's not by force. Go and ask somebody who knows more than you. you Exactly. Like that's that's my advice. Last three things. Yeah, so what you go? Basically, the the first thing for me is make sure you grow up and create a budget. Your budget should hmm. I mean if you want to, no financial advice, but your budget can put you into a good place for the rest of your life. Hmm. Number two, plan according to your age. Like, not to divert about this, but like, you know. If I if I'm 23 and I put all my money in crypto, I'm 23. I can make it back. You might be 69. Don't do that. Don't put that it's your life. It's your life, Sha. Yeah, yeah. And number it's, three, it's your choice. It's your choice. Feel free. Always, always keep keep learning. Keep learning. Keep learning. Yeah. Like I thought I knew a lot about stocks. I met David. David knows more about stocks than me. I thought I knew about a lot of, about a TA. I met David. David put me on to TA. Crypto, David put me onto crypto. So always keep learning. You're not you're not the smartest person on the planet. You're not the smartest person in the room. Keep learning. Yeah. No, that's big. Um, I'm big on keep learning because I'll tell people all the time, like again, I am very, I am very, very skeptical. And that's why I hate when people call me expert in something, I hate the word actually. I'm just like, I'm still very young and I still have my whole life ahead of me. So I'm sure there's still a lot more. I have to learn. Um, I will admit that there is a good bit that I know, especially comparatively to my peers and maybe those older, but you know, when you start claiming to be an expert, you subconsciously start like limiting your learning because you just feel like you know too much, right? Yeah. Um, but that said, you know, big on budgeting, um, self-awareness is key. Understanding what, you know, let, don't, don't let your emotions 
guide your answer. Let the numbers do. That's the biggest thing I can tell people when it comes to whether you can afford a trip, afford a sudden splurge, let your numbers do it. Because for me, for instance, a simple thing, like I always tell people, I always tell people all the time, like when people say, okay, when do I guide myself when I can make a sudden expense, like a splurge for, for cars, I never want my car to be more than 10% of my overall net worth. So if I want to make buy a $50,000 car, for instance, it's very simple. I ask myself, what's my net worth? Is my net worth 500K or higher? Great. I can probably buy a $50,000 car. If it's not, I probably can. I probably, it's not that I cannot afford it. I'm not saying you can't afford it. I'm just saying, should you? It's a different question. Hmm. Um, so, so net worth is big. Um, let the numbers guide you. And um, yeah, always like, and above all, whether it comes to whether it's planning your finances or having fun, do what like corresponds to your mental health at that stage in life. There are some times where I'm totally okay with my clients saying, you know what, if you've had a very, like for instance, for, for me, like I love this month. I, I was saying the May has been a huge recharge for me, like, right. Cause I've been so, so grinding um, January to April and I just got burnt out and May I like went to Orlando, went to Miami and I just feel so good. So refreshed. Right. So I feel like, Always, while it's good to be do the right thing, always check in with your mental health and see what what do you need in that particular stage. Yeah, Cozy. Add on that. So, like now, I'm the entire I'm the opposite of David. My mental health this entire month of May has been this year has been shit. Yeah. So I'm not gonna see me five grand or ten grand or twenty grand in anything because my mind is not. Do you know what I'm trying to say? So just the piggyback off what you said mental health very important very important for sure for sure all right back on my grind yeah for sure Zazi, what you saying so um main thing i got from today was know yourself so know where you are know who you are and know what you can handle in terms of risk and investing and traveling and another thing that i learned from today was if you don't know something, learn from someone who knows. Copy what's working. Well, not copy, but no copying, yeah. yes, ask for advice. Ask for ask for ask for guidance. Ask for guidance. Yeah. Ask for directions. Exactly. Don't copy and paste. Ask for directions. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, because like David was saying, by the day, by the day. We ended up in McDonald's. So. McDonald's. <laughs> oh my, Joe, Joe, oh what you say? Some people may, and I, I tell you all the time in crypto. Some people may be buying the dip. Some people may be buying the dip in Ethereum, but they have a huge bag that they bought since it was eighty dollars. So they're buying the dip is. That buying the diff is nothing to them. Your buying the diff is Jesus. If this thing drops, I'm dead. <laughs> so just be careful. Anyway. Yeah, that's yeah. that Do with your pockets. You know the size of your pocket. Right. Facts. So Joe, so Joe, what you say? Let's wrap up with Joe. But then we're going to close off. So um, this whole thing that we're doing here is about finances, financial stability. You get what I'm saying? So like everybody said when it comes to your earning and your money, know where you're, it's stocks, crypto, your occupation, it's all about earning money. You can only be really great at one or two. You get what I'm saying? Everything else, you shouldn't be scared to outsource, mm -hmm. ask for help, partner with somebody. You, know, you can't do it all. Like you can't be a, an engineer, financial experts, fitness. You get what I'm trying to say? 
Anyways, with that, we're wrapping up. I I I like what Joe said though. That's that don't be don't be afraid to outsource. Uh that's that's definitely key. Know your keys and strength. So with that, this was a great episode. We're glad to be back. More episodes to come. Thank you for joining us, Kosi. Obviously, we look forward to having you for f- in future episodes. And uh, yes, we'll plug in um, Kosi and Uzezi's consultation business in the link description below. We'll plug in Ifez and Joe's business as usual and then plug in my links as well. With that, we're signing out. I'll have a great day. Peace. Peace.